0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. If you're like most people these days, you are having a lot of trouble trusting our leadership. You may wonder who is really trying to help the people and who has their own secret agenda. There's an old expression that goes like this, We get the leaders we deserve. Ask yourself, is it possible we're in such a situation right now? In Daniel chapter 4, the Israelites being held captive in Babylon were in such a situation, and it wasn't easy. They faced persecution, yet people like Daniel thrived. How does that happen? Well, here's Pastor Jim in part 3 of his message, The New World Won't Last Very Long.
1: How many people do you think have been trying to kill this guy for the last 30 years? I mean, nobody can get close to this guy. God goes, I'll go like this. I'll take his mind. I'll cut him out. I'll take his feet from out, from under him. Nothing. Snap of my finger. In fact, I don't even need to snap my finger. All I need to do is think it. Verse 17, he says, Nebuchadnezzar talking, this decision, uh, other versions say this sentence, this verdict, this order... This decision is by the decree of the watchers, the, the, the messenger, the angels that God has sent. And so this is not De- Nebuchadnezzar's decree. He knows this has come from the, from the unseen world and the sentence by the, by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will Another version says, he gives it to whoever he wants and he sets it over the lowest of men. Verse 18, this dream I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare or tell me its interpretation since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able. Why is he able? Nebuchadnezzar tells us, for the spirit of Of the holy God is in you. Now, I'm gonna make a confession to you. I said a little bit earlier, for years, I thought this chapter was about the pride of man versus the power of God. I do think that is a sub theme. If you've sat in churches before, you've probably heard it taught that way. I've changed my mind. This is one of the things about Bible reading. If you think you know something, always come to the text as an agnostic. What is an agnostic? An atheist is someone who says there is no God. Whenever I talk to atheists, I would go, is there a smidgen of a chance there might be a God? And they go, well, there's a smidgen of a chance. They go, oh, look, you're an agnostic now. We're already on our way, <laughs> right? But, but, but here we have here we have this, this, this situation where you come to the Bible as an agnostic. An agnostic is someone who says I don't know. It's the best way to come to a Bible text. Not thinking you do know, but saying, God, I don't know. I either want you to confirm to me that I'm right, or I want you to change my mind. So for years again, I thought this was about the, the, I hadn't never taught through Daniel before, but I've read it many, many times that that this was a chapter was about the pride of man versus the power of God. Again, we'll look at that subplot next week. But verse 17, the end is the key. He says that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will. Or we say he he rules in the kingdom of men and gives the kingdom of men, we could say, to whomever he will. Now, some of you are saying, well, what makes you so smart to think that that this is the main point? Remember what we just read in verse 17. Now we read the same thing in verse 25. Till you know, some of your versions say, until you have learned that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it what? The kingdom of men to whomever he chooses. Now look at verse 32, the end of verse 32. Until you know, some of your versions say, until you have learned that the most high rules where in the kingdom of men and gives it, gives what? The kingdom of men to whomever he chooses. So three times, God says the same thing. Now, I'm not the sharpest knife in the draw, but I do realize that when God repeats Himself three times in that short a period, He's like, "Hello, I'm trying to tell you something." How many of you ha- like highlighters? How many of you like highlighters? Yes, ooh, lots of you, lots of you. Some of you have them with you, right? I have color schemes in my highlighting. I use all different color schemes for different things, right? it's like, we're so weird and obsessive. I know, I get it. And so um, the Bible writers didn't have highlighters. It would have been simple, right? The chapter, highlight those three things or highlight the one verse. And we'd have been like, oh, look, it's highlighted. We got to figure it out. No highlighters. How many of you like italics? How many of you like bold fonts? Bold and underline. Make that point. How many of you like all caps, right? you like all this stuff to make your point. Bible writers had none of that. They had a pen and paper. So how did they make us notice what was God's point? They repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. So we couldn't miss it. In fact, kind of, there's, there's different sections of Daniel chapter 4 And that statement is really made at the end of every section. So that's like the summary of of every single section, that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. So Daniel is stating a fact, and he gives that kingdom of men to whomever he chooses. Now, here's our problem. We might be guilty of thinking that was Daniel's time. We might be guilty of thinking or just Daniel's time or just the future and not knowing that it is the here and now. And that might be something you need the Holy Spirit to see. In our despair over what's going on in our world, over what's going on in our country, how important it is to keep that out in front of us. So no matter whom I'm talking to and whichever president they're afraid of, then they'll be afraid of the next one too. Some will be afraid of the next one too or the next government too. I'm gonna tell them, hey, this is what I know. God is the ruler of the kingdom of men and he gives the kingdom of men whomever he chooses so you may not like the guy in the oval office or the woman in the oval office or these other people but god is in control of that in genesis chapter one man is called to have dominion is the word is called to rule the world under god's authority It's not like we're like, we can do whatever we want. We are are to rule the world under God's authority. In other words, we are responsible to rule like God. That's on a world level, it's on a national level, it's on a state level, and it's on an individual level. God tells us here, you can bet, I decide who will rule the nation. You may object. You say, but there's so many bad rulers. There's so many bad leaders who exploit people. Now, in one sense, it is a mystery. The scripture says that the secret things belong to the Lord. And there's gonna be times when we're, you're spiritual people more than me, they ain't saying much, but there are gonna be a lot of times you say in your life, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? And, and so we all have those times. And so, I mean, even Jesus said, Father, you know, if there's another, he's much more together than we are. Father, if there's another way, you know, let this cup pass for me. But there was no other way. Other times I, I have found the words of Gleason Archer, which I'd read a long time ago and came across again recently, very helpful. He says that one of God's criteria for leadership is the moral condition of the people to be ruled over. In other words, and I know this is not easy to hear, you see it in First and 2 Kings. Sometimes we get the leaders we deserve. Sometimes if we're not following God as a nation, God's gonna give us really crummy leaders. And Why? So we get on our knees and we're like, Lord, we have some ownership in this and we know it. We're going to stop pointing the finger at all these other people and we're going to say, We have some ownership in this. We have not worshiped like we should have. Let's face it, we live in the age of casual Christianity, it's very casual. It's very casual. personally, what does it mean? If you or I are going to survive the judgment of the nation, each person individually is going to have to submit to the rule of God. Now, I'm not not saying everybody in the nation has to submit. I'm just saying, if you and I want to not be casualties of war, of the war between the unseen world, between good and evil, you've got to put your trust in God, so you're going to be on the winning side ultimately. To be honest, there's a Nebuchadnezzar in all of us. We all want to be rulers of our own little empires. We don't, we don't, we don't want to be under the king sometimes, the Lord Jesus. I also think there's a part of us that gives the government more power than the Lord does. And, and we lose sleep over it. What do I mean by that? Well... You know, most of you have been around the church for a while. You've heard this expression. The church thrives the best under persecution. Well, right now, some people are dealing with some persecution, right? So are we excited that we're suffering for the cause of Christ, or are we bellyaching? Young people are like, what's (laughs) bellyaching? See, maybe... We get the leadership we deserve and maybe the persecution's coming so the church thrives. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. What if they stopped us from meeting? Do you want to know who the pastor of your street is? It's you. Do you want to know who the pastor of your place of work is? Because you already are. It's you. It's you. That's one of the reasons why we put our nose in the book week after week after week so we understand it. So we know it. So we're not filling people with a bunch of gobbledygook that's going to make them say, those people are nuts. I tried that stuff. It didn't work for 20 minutes. You see the, see, the reality that Daniel is showing us is that our government leaders are on a timer until God says, time's up. And don't forget, these words are written to prisoners of war God meant these words to be powerful builders of faith and trust in their lives and in our lives too. So we're not in a panic about all the stuff that's happening that's out of our control. We're saying, God, you're in control. I don't understand it, but you're in control. And it's a strong reminder that the Lord is in control and he can chop down corrupt leaders just like that, just like that. But also don't forget, he can chop down anybody just like that. And how many of you have been chopped down just like that by the Lord? Raise your hand nice and high. Look around you, look around you. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't asked those people, they're gonna be like, (laughs) oh. That's like, it's scary, man. It's scary, but verse seventeen, after saying that the Lord gives the kingdom of men to whomever He wills, He says, "And He sets it over the lowest of men." Who's the lowest of men? You want to sing for us, the lowly Jesus? I'll spare these good people. The King of Kings, the lowest of men, born in a manger. God becomes a man. He's born in a manger, born in a poor town. Didn't come like Nebuchadnezzar. Some people will say to me, well, why did Jesus come as a poor man? I always say, so the whole world would know anybody could come to him. That you didn't have to be a person of privilege, whatever that means. (laughs) You Everybody has the privilege to come to Jesus. He was despised. Isaiah told us 700 years in advance that he would be despised and rejected among men. He was crucified on a cross. He died on the cross in your place for your sins and in my place for my sins. But the benefit of that is only given to those who turn from their sin, turn to God and put their trust in him. Isaiah, again, 700 years before Jesus was born, tells us this Isaiah 9 6. Uh, we did a whole sermon on this verse. I won't today, don't worry. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Does that sound wonderful? Doesn't that sound wonderful? No more getting those things in the mail, you know, those ballot, big ballot things you open up, those big pieces of your mail, you're like, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> Is that my neighbor? I didn't vote for him. <laughs> no, no, the, the, you'll get it in the mail, it'll be Jesus. <laughs> That'll be it. That'll be it. Before the risen Christ ascended into heaven, after he rose from the dead, Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth had been given to him. Now, some of you are saying I'm almost there, Pastor Jim. Um, you've almost got me convinced. I don't have to be th- fretting over this all of the time, all of the day, obsessed with the news. I'm almost there. Just just get me over the edge. Do not fear, little flock the good shepherd comes to his people, and he says, do not fear, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure. I'm not twisting his arm for this. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Oh, you may not have it today, but you do. There will be a day when you will love who's large and who's in charge, who's been large and in charge the whole time and was just allowing these things to go pass through our lives to test and to grow our faith. Our world is full of powerful people or at least people who seem to be powerful, but for most of them, a huge crisis is on the way and I'm not talking about a stock market crash. It's not a crisis of economics. It's not a crisis of government. It's a crisis of death and eternity. A crisis of having to actually meet the God that they have rejected. We understandably are concerned and worry about as we are watching God being kicked out of our land. But listen, he is with his people in Babylon. How do we know? Because this prophet's there. Daniel's there. Ezekiel's there. That's how we know God is with them. He went with them to Babylon. If we are living in Babylon now, God is still with his people despite all of the trouble. So what I want to tell you today is don't be afraid of the president. Whether you love him or you hate him, don't be afraid of the president. Proverbs 1, seven says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Some versions say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It doesn't say the fear of the president is the beginning of wisdom. It's the fear of the Lord. The powerful of this world and the powers of darkness, they thought they had Jesus beat. Like, we got this guy beat, man. We're going to pin him to a cross, and that's it. We are going to be done with this guy. And little did they know, it wasn't that they were going to be done with this guy, is that this was only the beginning of this guy and what he was going to do in the world. That what they thought was getting rid of Jesus was Jesus's great victory over death. Yet, Until Jesus comes again, the second coming, there's evil in the world. There is a battle for the souls of men and women and it rages on and we need to be involved in that battle. Why do some evil people get power? That is not an easy question to answer. But the Lord Jesus is the true king. Keep that out in front of us comfort one another with that. At the second coming, Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God will replace all the earthly kingdoms and governments. And there's absolutely no reason to fear for anyone who has put their trust in Jesus. But if you haven't put your trust yet in Jesus, there is big reasons to be afraid. And I know nobody wants to hear that But knowing that and turning to Jesus is the way you get to heaven. This new world we're living in, it's not gonna last very long. It's not gonna last very long. In fact, it's not even gonna make its way into chapter five. (laughs) Because a new king is coming. And if you've put your trust in him, what do you need to do in these days? Well, Remember we studied last summer? We need to abide in him. Remember that? We, maybe some of us need to go back and listen to those teachings. We need it from John 15. We need to stay close to Jesus. We need to stay close to each other. When I talked at the conference I was at, I said to the people, you know, I, I had some personal beefs about the church and one of them is this. Everybody's argue, fighting over, you know, same-sex same relationships. And I said, the church needs better same-sex, non-sexual relationships. Ladies, you need more friends that are women that can help you go through the difficult times of your life, or you can help go through the difficult times of their life. Men, and this is a miracle, Men, you need better dude friends who can help you, who can help you in your life. And say to you sometimes, you know, you can put my wife. You're like, you're being a knucklehead, being an idiot. Or bro, man, you got to hang in there, man. You got to hang in there. I know it's tough. But our king's coming back, man. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king, man. We need better relationships. Too many of us are islands. We don't have those friends. See, we want to be like Daniel. This dude is ready. Just imagine Daniel walking in there and seeing all the other guys, and they're like, we know what that dream means, man. If you tell him, there goes your head. Daniel's like, great, going home. (laughs) He's that kind of a guy. Don't you want to be ready for when Jesus comes? Do you want to be caught twiddling your thumbs? Or do you want to be caught being about your master's business? My prayer is that we would all be faithful to the king. Because the word tells us in Philippians 2 that we will all bow our knee to him. We will all bow our knee to the king. We bow to no government now. We're thankful God gave them to us, Romans 13, but we don't bow to them. We bow to the King Jesus Jesus who has come and who will return. And here's the big thing. You will either bow to him in this life or you will bow to him in the next life. And if you bow to him in this life, you will go into the kingdom of heaven. But if you don't bow to him until the next life, You will not. And so my hope and my prayer that if you're in this room, other places are here, you're listening online, you're listening on the radio, you're watching whatever, that right now you will take a moment and you will make sure that you have bowed to Jesus in this life, that you will confess your sin to him, confess your unbelief, and put your trust in Jesus then you won't have to worry about the government because the government will be where upon his shoulders and his shoulders are big and they are broad.
0: Changed by love with pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey changed by love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.